Testing. 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 Boy, Welcome to another episode of the Blooming Girl Podcast. Nice to have you, Janelle <laughs> and Ariel. This is Gabrielle. <laughs> oh, welcome back, guys. Praise, um, praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Grace peace. and peace. <laughs> the time is now 6.36 p.m. Or a.m. Whatever, whatever it is to you right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Good life. <laughs> we are back with another episode. Um, one that we had planned to do, like it was on our list of things to do like ages ago. I think the last few episodes we had no plan for those. Like it wasn't something that we had written down like months or so ahead. But this one we did is a topic that we've wanted to touch on. Uh, for a while, we're going to be talking about the dark side of personality tests and just basically placing your identity in things that are not Christ. So, yeah. To start off, have you guys taken a personality test before? Have you, okay? I really <laughs> <laughs> I knew so that was going to know you. <laughs> Um, I have taken one personality test. It was the Myers, Meyer Briggs, Myers Briggs, I don't know, personality test. And I took that, I want to say like four years ago. Since then, I haven't done any other personality tests. According to that one, I'm an ESFJ, which is a console. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not ESFJ, whatever. But I've taken a personality test. I did one in high school, actually. Hmm. Um, and it's supposed to help you find, like, your career. I think it was the Big Five. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the results from that, though. And then I also did the Myers-Briggs one, like, probably, like, six years ago. Um, and I was super into personality tests yeah. and types. and mm-hmm. It's very fascinating, to say the least. I think it, like... The desire for us to classify ourselves is a mm-hmm. basic human. We don't realize it, but like this is the same thing with stereotypes. Right. With anything that has to do with kind of placing you in a box, it's our it's this need to be able to understand things and right. to be able to put things in boxes, not necessarily in a bad way, but just to be able to be like, okay, you're like this mm-hmm. and you're like this because of this or kind of thing. Like it's like. It's a human you want to be able to explain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a default response, like he, or like a brain kind of processing thing. It helps you to process information mm-hmm. faster when you can classify. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's a psychological thing. It's a psychological thing. thing. Social psychology. I've also done the same personality test. And I, yeah, they do make you do some personality tests for like work or like, um, what do you call like it? Like breakers or oh, like work situations mm. that go like to get to know each other better, to understand each other better. They will do personality tests. So it is quite a common thing. Um, But what do you think? Just like, I guess, state your, right off the bat, your thoughts or feelings about using personality tests and the extent of using personality tests in as Christians or as Bible-based believers. Um, I I understand why people like it became a popular thing. Um, like I know some churches, it became popular to do personality tests, like in youth groups or before ministry, like retreats or going into different positions in ministry to kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like now personality tests have become become the horoscopes of christians mm-hmm. where they like align oh, their so- life to that and they look to that and they use that to explain all their behaviors um and justify like negative traits um mm-hmm. and i feel like just it's it has its place in the sense of knowing whether you're introverted or extroverted what you draw to but i don't think it should end there i think once you know whatever the results of that like for example a Myers-Briggs test. It, it breaks down the strengths and the weaknesses. Obviously, 
Um, I don't think one person who identifies as one personality trait is limited to only the strengths listed there, but it's a good way to kind of get your brain moving and reflect on what your strengths are. I just think that you should use that and then take that to prayer. So like if you know you're aligned to be extroverted, like you can't always be extroverted in every situation. So you should go to God and be like, help me to be introverted when the time comes or help me to be flexible in my personality and not be bound by my personality because scripture does say that when you come to Christ, you're a new creature so that includes your personality like you can't take your rechain to your personality and bring that with you to every encounter that god is placing before you when it's not necessarily what he wants well ira basically just did the whole episode for us in like two minutes so yeah we're actually done <laughs> if you <laughs> if you forget anything like that's pretty much the heart of this podcast um we're not episode yeah this episode we're not bashing i don't think any of us are bashing personality tests because we've all done them and we can and we can see that there is some value like we're not bashing them because we've seen that there is value in doing them and you know we understand kind of the desire to do them in order to have a better understanding of people and even ourselves um but yeah what ariel said is right however we're just gonna go into a little I guess just like a brief history of the two ones that I think are trending right now and have been trending for actually quite a few years mm-hmm. and they're really popular on social media and I've seen a lot of like believers use either one of these. It's the Myers-Briggs test that we referred to before, um, the 16 personality tests and then the Enneagram test as well. So those are the two that I'm going to focus on. There are more personality tests. And interestingly enough, like, as far as psychology goes, because all of these tests kind of stemmed out of, like, psychology and mm-hmm. wanting to understand the human mind better, mm-hmm. those two tests are not recommended by clinical psychologists. Like, they're not wow. they're not valid enough or reliable enough yeah. <clears throat> for the purpose of using psychology tests in, I mean, personality tests in the context of, like, psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. So just, that's, like, one thing. <laughs> I believe that, though. Um, also to say, because I think we mentioned before, that where you find your information is key. So I'm reading this from right. PubMed. We're very big on that. <laughs> from PubMed, which is... Define what PubMed is. Yeah. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, if you've ever done any kind of research classes, or if you don't, there are scholarly pages that are databases, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like website pages, website pages like yeah. Google, but they're scholarly, meaning that they're actually vetted by a number of people who are qualified, academic, in mm-hmm. academically qualified. They mm-hmm. have the training, they have the learning, they've been in research mm-hmm. before, and they vet these articles. And say, hey, Review these it, are yeah. reviewed and um, have met all the different guidelines and protocols. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely way more reliable and valid than just your average Wikipedia page. Or a random okay. Google or search. Or random, yeah. like, other page. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so this article is just basically saying that, just a fun fact, that the early days of personality testing in the American industry... It, re- it stemmed out of this obsession with adjustment and objective personality testing kind of began around World War uh, One era. Mm-hmm. After that's when a lot of the tests started coming out and they use these tests to basically focus on the construct of employee maladjustment mm. and screening out applicants who would create workplace disturbances. They were mm. obsessed with the idea of figuring out the perfect job for the perfect like mind yeah Yeah. what job would be great for you kind Mm -hmm. of thing or which employee would be great for us yeah (laughs) probably that's what it was um so that's kind of where it it stemmed from right which would explain why a lot of times we even see personality tests being used in like careers today Mm -hmm. anyways that was a quick little thing for the myers-briggs I didn't even, as I was, like, reading this, I was like, oh, my God, like, ooh, not us using this as, like, such a... gold standard. Yeah, gold standard. It's not even a valid measure, if you think about the research. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, so basically, Myers-Briggs, Myers being... 
the daughter, Briggs, mm-hmm. the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, they created this test at their home. Okay. So Catherine Briggs, a mother and homemaker, began what she called a cosmic laboratory of baby training in her Michigan living room Yikes. in the early 1900s. She didn't know she was laying the groundwork for what would one day become a multi-million dollar industry. Briggs was just 14 years old when she went to college and ended up graduating first in her class. Um, however, she, when she got married, she ended up just automatically having to stay at home. She married a scientist. Hmm. But I guess like her thirst for just doing things to stimulate her mind, she ended up being really consumed with personalities and children mm-hmm. and whatever. So she and her doctors came up with this based off of mostly, I would say, um, physiology. Um like you can you can look way more into it. Like there is some she used um Carl Jung, which is a popular mm-hmm. psychologist, for some inspiration. Mm-hmm. But she also did just use like as you hear cosmic, just like physiology and just mm-hmm. other things to you to create this test essentially. And you can look at her other work because she's an author. You can just search her name mm-hmm. on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And, um, I didn't know. Get a sense of get what a kind sense of, of what kind of things she her niche. You know what right. was possessing her mind. <laughs> so, oh no, not, not possessing her mind. mind. Or taking up space in her mind. Okay. Yeah, her headspace. Um, she went through a ton of books on oh, mythology, Jesus. like fairies. Um, Help us, Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. <laughs> Tons. She did tons of books on folklore and mythology. Tons. Okay. Um, An encyclopedia of fairies. She's American. Banshees and Boggarts and fairy. More. No, she's American. Yeah. From Michigan, Jason. Oh. Um. Yeah. A ton of things on mythical creatures. Um. Tons of books. That okay? makes a lot of sense. Sorry, just to if you look at the imagery. If you, yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Myers Briggs personality test, each personality. T- I'm like, for it literally looks like lots of like wizards and mm-hmm. like you don't make the connection until now that you say that. It's very um, fantasy, um, kind of like yeah. Before yeah. you continue, I wanted you to share the title Please. of the paper you you're reading. Oh well, well, well just yeah. for my own, like I want to. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. sorry, that first one from PubMed was a history of the early days of personality testing in American industry and obsession with adjustment. That was from um, Historical uh, Psychology, that journal mm-hmm. uh, from 2008 in August. Okay, sorry. Um, and the, we can the, link the articles. These. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can also link um, them. Um, they're not. PubMed or anything, but it's you can still have vetted websites. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, let me just go back because I went somewhere else. Uh, this one is by it's a national. Why don't they tell me the name? It seems like a kind of like a, um, anyways, but it was an encyclopedia, yeah, like an encyclopedia, encyclopedia type of um page. But it was just giving us there's actually a book on Myers-Briggs and how they, the name of the book is A Strange History of Myers-Briggs and the Birth of Personality Testing by Merv Emra. Mm-hmm. And this article was just kind of giving an overview of that book. Okay. Oh, okay. Like mm-hmm. a little review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's another article that talks about Myers-Briggs and other mirrors for the soul by Christianity Today. Our Christianity Today article is not that crucial, but basically what I'm trying to say is sometimes it's worth looking at how some things came about and you can quit if you just google myers-briggs or even enneagram and be like and and psychology you'll quickly see many articles that pop up saying this isn't something that is very a reliable tool that we like you wouldn't find mm-hmm. psychologists who've gone to school for psychology done their master's phd mm-hmm. recommending this mm-hmm. test essentially okay mm. um both have mystical origins let's just put it that way so enneagram again this article is a more of a opinion piece. opinion piece mm-hmm. but also saying what i'm saying it's by inverse.com and the article says why one popular personality test is pseudoscientific at best Oh, wow. um, what experts in the study of personality say about the enneagram test yeah, okay so forgetting mm-hmm. christianity like actually what people who spend their entire lives doing this kind of research mm-hmm. and right. about the test. Right. 
So while the Enneagram test has been around for decades, this its popularity is really picking up. I think we've all seen mm-hmm. it. Yeah. A ton of people con- like mm-hmm. there's so many pages for Enneagrams and people constantly listing what their Enneagram is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, is the test actually legit? So in two words, not really. <laughs> the experts that they contact in, um, one is a director of personality and social dynamics lab at the University of Oregon says it doesn't originate in validated scientific theory and his skepticism is largely based on an absence of evidence. Mm-hmm. Another person who's a director of personal development and success lab at the University of Houston explains that if someone was interested in a valid and reliable personality test, they should take a look at the Hogan personality inventory or the big five personality mm-hmm. test, which Gabby mentioned before. Though there's still also criticism for those tests as well. And they say, frankly, the Enneagram is probably at the top of the list of tests I would not recommend. It wow. is pseudoscientific at best. Mm-hmm. And it was created by Oscar Echazo, who this psychologist says, dis- describes Oscar as a kind of spiritual guru. According to a 2020 paper published in the American Journal of Psychiatry, its basic elements were synthesized by Echazo in the mid-20th century and were adapted and introduced into the United States in the 1970s. Um, however, the core beliefs are literally just stemming more from just religions from all over the world and um, physiology. Not physiology. Um, what's that? Philosophy, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I go to, you can actually find all of this on the enneagraminstitute.com. Mm-hmm. And what they will say about, like, this is the place that you can take the test. And they, they're going to tell you about the origins. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can trust right. what they're saying about right. the mm-hmm. origins. This is the page. Right. Um, but you can also Google Oscar Chazo if you'd like. He's, he was raised in Peru or born in Bolivia, raised in Peru, South American person. And a lot of his ideas were stemming from okay first of all the enneagram symbol has roots in like mythology the symbol itself and the actual principles and the core beliefs and how he actually created the test stems from uh let me see there's so many different things he actually drew on many things he drew on mystical judaism christianity islam taoism buddhism ancient greek philosophy just to name a few, mm-hmm. basically. So far, we can see that both of these tests seem to be very rooted, or like the heart of it is rooted in mythology. Like it's not really, as you can see, not mysticism. really based on science and based on mysticism, religion, spirituality. Right. And so that in itself is a red flag for me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's one thing... I guess either way you could say, even if you're relying on science to define you, it's bad. Versus if you're relying on, like, another spiritual entity to define you, it is bad. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's a little bit worse because we don't even use the Bible, our own spiritual, like, landmark. Mm-hmm. That's so true. But then we'll use, like, things that are rooted in things that we would automatically say we don't believe in mm-hmm. to be That's directing our life. Like, what are we doing? Anyways, what are your, your thoughts on that after I did that little spiel, educational spiel? Well, when you said um, it's important to look at the history of things or look into the origins of things, I just wanted to add that it's especially important um, to do that when for things that you're using to shape your life. Like, obviously, right. I think everything or majority of the things that we do in this life have ties, if you look for, far enough, are tied to something that's pagan or not Christian and kind of doesn't align with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can easily get down a rabbit hole of stuff. Like, if you, like, you could take something as simple as roofs, like, oh, they're triangular and get down, <laughs> you know, like, get down a path <laughs> like that. But it's especially important for things that you're using to, like, shape who you are especially identity like Mm -hmm. the enemy is so after our identity as believers because if he can attack your identity he's attacked everything of who you are and he can um halt your growth as a believer um but what you said what actually going back to what Aris in the beginning is so profound it really we have used ended up using personality tests as horoscopes it's, and yeah. we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So and like true. many believers will never use horoscopes and they'll never actually subscribe to that because it's like, wow, this is so anti-God. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is clearly Demon. in, you know, what we'd call demonic and just like more on like just not what we stand for. 
But then we turn towards something under the guise of science mm-hmm. right. and use it in the same format where we allow it to almost validate well, yeah, to mm-hmm. validate our flaws and our strengths and mm-hmm. our weaknesses, to validate that this is the way that we are, to celebrate to the point of like not actually being you celebrate yourself to the point where like you're not actually forcing yourself to grow in certain mm-hmm. areas. Right. And that's ultimately, like, that's ultimately what a horoscope is doing. It's like, oh my, like, I am this way because of, because I'm this sign. Right, mm-hmm. right. And this is what's going to happen because I am this way in the sign. Like, yeah. it's the same concept. So true. Scary. Just under a different, like, mask. Yikes. Well, all that to say, if you are someone who is using any of these tests and, like, you post like, oh, I'm like this because of that. Like, I just think it's a very slippery slope. And I, I'm never, as far as I'm concerned, I'm never going to ever be posting about like, oh, like I'm, because I'm INFJ, I've never taken the Enneagram because I've always felt uncomfortable about yeah, it. Yeah, like immediate like aver- too, aversion. Everyone is different mm-hmm. and like everyone has their own conviction. But for me personally, uh, immediately I was just like this just seems mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. Um, however I would never now where I'm at be posting like oh I'm INFJ like, and because oh, I'm, I'm INFJ I, I have these this is why I'm like this right. and this is why I'm like that because it's a slippery slope for me to lose accountability to God mm-hmm. to actually be who he wants me to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can easily be like pat yourself on the back and be like, Oh, this is just the way it is. Um, and everyone else is doing it too. So it's easy to kind of fall into that trap yeah. of being like, Oh, like I'm, I don't like people and because this is my personality type. And like, I just know, like, yep. you know, you can tap, you can pat yourself on the back so yeah. easily for these things. Yeah. I guess but God is calling us to something more. Right. We don't really have the luxury to live like that when we're trying to be pursuing a life that honors Christ and we're trying to be like Christ followers and imitators of him. Like, <laughs> it's just counter the pursuit In of righteousness it, and godliness. Idolatry. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it really is. It really is. You are glorifying your own flesh above god it's so true and not giving him the room to actually change you yeah we are required as christians the bible tells us time and time again that we must die Mm -hmm. we must die we must die we've seen countless times jesus has given us the example he was beaten battered bruised and died so that we could have life and so it's the same principle we every single day have to choose death to our own self that right. means our own personality our own flesh mm-hmm. our own desires thoughts will and choose to embrace god's god's personality his mm-hmm. will his thoughts mm-hmm. his desires mm-hmm. so at no point should we ever be embracing our flesh to that extent and mm-hmm. i think that's that's the dark side of the personality test is the fact that it really encourages you to embrace your flesh instead of embracing right. Christ yeah. and what he wants to do in you. I guess that then you come to the argument of like, can God not, like, I don't know if you've heard Christians who are like, okay, so I'm an introvert, but God can use its introvertedness for his glory. Or like, it's a fine line between God making us all individuals and wanting to get glory from how we're all made up and wired versus God wanting to transform us to make us new and I think lots of Christians have a hard time and at the end of it like you said it is idolatry because you kind of don't it's uncomfortable to expose yourself to Christ and be vulnerable enough exactly because you can find comfort in what is familiar if you surrender your personality then you're left with the unfamiliarity like what will God do in me what will he be calling exactly what will (laughs) Mm -hmm. he be calling me to what is required um, but then there's this argument of like, but God can get the glory. Like God made you an introvert and God wants to be glorified through introverts. And I think that's what people run and hold on to that. Like I'm an Enneagram, whatever the numbers are. I don't even know the W's, SG's, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Cause I've seen pages. It's like Enneagram something, something for Jesus, Enneagram something, something for Jesus. And it's just like, okay, why don't you just be person for Jesus? Like just be for Jesus. Don't, don't limit him. Yourself. Don't li- God yeah. can be, right. God can transform you 
like just don't give him the i feel like when you put yourself as enneagram for such and such you put god in a box when god may be wanting to do more in your personality than and people don't yeah. understand that like who you are right now is like i think it's what you said before about like not giving yourself flexibility mm-hmm. because the reality of the situation is yes god can use you as an introvert but there are times when he wanted to be more extroverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's times when, when like, depending on, it, it really just depends. It mm-hmm. depends on where he places you, the situation at the moment, mm-hmm. the crowd that you're in. There are going to be times, and you can look at Jesus' life as a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. He had he had times where he drew back to himself and he needed his alone time. He needed to recharge on his own. Mm-hmm. And then he needed times, where, he had times where he had to be out with and about with the crowds and like talking to hundreds and thousands of mm-hmm. people right. and interacting and you know with people from in high places and low yeah. places that's kind of that kind of flexibility yeah like you don't just get that like i think it no matter it if you're extroverted or introverted no matter where you fall mm-hmm. that doesn't come by being in just a box of a personality it's that so true. comes with the holy spirit because there's no extrovert complete extrovert who's going to be okay being on an island by himself or mm-hmm. in, the, in the wilderness by himself yeah, for true. Days. Yeah. there's no introvert who is going to be okay going from crowd to crowd to crowd to crowd yeah. and talking and interacting with people and being able to elaborate you know your points like eloquently yeah either way it's gonna take a work of the holy spirit so true or willingness to be led yeah. by the spirit and i think also if you think about the fact that as children of god our main purpose is to bring god glory so i think people forget that god can get greater glory when you say okay yes in my flesh i want to be alone and then like for example i always think of jay like jay for how i knew her for most of my life my whole image of jay was okay she likes to be alone she's shy doesn't like people don't put her up to do stuff mm-hmm. and then jay would knowing not, that would about her she's not shy though i know but knowing mm-hmm. that about her or that was my perceived image and i remember she would always use the word introvert to describe herself granted i didn't fully understand what introvert was but then seeing jay like work through crowds and do different things that god has called her to for different seasons god gets more glory in that because she's not limiting herself mm-hmm to that and also Amen. another point is that like if you really think about it you would have to be taking a person personality test every like q six months every six months yeah. every year because you don't carry the same personality with you from no. birth to Unless grave you know so like for you to really be like i'm a, and this is who i am and like run with it and be so gung-ho about it, it's like <laughs> you're never you know what we're not we're worse. not that's horrible binary like we are not we're just stagnant. black and white we're not binary people we exist on a spectrum so for you to just choose one specific personality and just stick with it it's kind of silly in, in and of itself scary scary what scary think, stuff Gabby? um yeah no i agree with everything i would say like for me um like finding out my person my whatever personality according to Myers-Briggs I found that interesting um initially and then I just got really deep into it and I started fixating on all like all the um flaws of my personality and like all of my weaknesses and it actually like helped me kind of detach myself from like owning that title because i was like i do not want to be mm-hmm. like i don't want to identify as these things because i mm-hmm. perceive them to be such horrible character traits mm-hmm. and i used I, or i mean you. i won't say i did i i really feel like the holy spirit mm-hmm. like used that to sh- like, you know, uh, that that, that, that like i'll wait <laughs> that really just like opened my eyes and i was like no like these are things in me that i want to deal with mm-hmm and things I don't want to carry around, and I don't want to be identified as this type, this type of person. So I feel like, thankfully, the Holy Spirit convicted me in a way, and I was like, um, yielding to that conviction. Um, but it's scary because like a lot of people do kind of just own those kind of character. It's flaws. almost like you see this, like, oh, this is why, and like, and it's like, kind of, yeah. It. So it's mm-hmm. and initially it's it like a, a way to justify, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's not like it's it's a thing. Like everybody that this is per- mm-hmm. that identifies as this personality type deals with mm-hmm. this as well. I'm not the only person, mm-hmm. but I'm like, nah, I don't even want to be a part of that community. Like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be transformed 
or I want I want the, the Holy Spirit to have the freedom to transform me into his likeness. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've just drifted away from all that stuff mm-hmm. the more that I study like the character and the nature of God. Mm-hmm. and like the yeah. fruit of the spirit i'm like there's literally no room for flesh no. in the fruit the fruit of the spirit <laughs> and in the nature of god like there's absolutely no room and like i'm trying where i am yeah. i'm trying to be more like christ yeah and i'm and trying i want people to see christ mm-hmm. in me yeah. so i'm like i don't have time and for the that. reality is that Yes, like each personality type, according to these measures, does have strengths. And I think that's why people kind of maybe cling to them more. Right. Um, but the reality is that there's no no room yep. for all the fruit of the spirit to be displayed in any of the character traits. So like you pat yourself on the back to be like, oh, I'm this Enneagram. So and I, I boast on this kindness. But do you does this Enneagram practice self-control? Does it practice right. patience? Does it practice gentleness? It's like God doesn't call us to be half yeah. half fruitful plants. He wants yeah. us to be a full tree. Yeah, that's why it's and like, and that fruit of the spirit, no not fruit for the yeah. flesh. That's yeah. Like yeah. Thing. It's yeah. Like there's absolutely no room for the flesh. And when your whole desire and your intention is to like to have people see Christ in you and like you draw that's your focus like I want to draw closer to God mm-hmm. right then you end up actually becoming more balanced in your personality mm-hmm. that's just the automatic result because as you begin to let go of your own flesh and take on bits of the spirit and over time what ends up happening is like whoa like you're, you realize your personality has changed mm-hmm. like but the beauty of it is because I think people can be scared that they're all gonna like no God God is like beyond like we can't even fathom it with our Mm -hmm. minds however we're not going to lose our uniqueness just because we're all aspiring to be like God that is the mystery of it all yeah like people think like oh like I'm just going to be like everybody else maybe subconsciously that's your thought like or who Mm -hmm. am I without these kind of like defining Mm -hmm. traits but the reality of it is you can still be unique and God will still make you unique while making you like him while making you like him yeah that is the beauty of it being like, like, I love what you said, Jay, because mm-hmm. the call to be more like Christ isn't um, a call to surrender, like your sense of self or mm-hmm. your uniqueness or, your, or your giftings you know, your, your giftings and talents, you know, yeah. and I think that's, that is where it's the enemy like point. laughs at us because he wants to deceive any, basically at the end of the day, the devil wants to deceive us and halt our growth and help like just steal, kill and destroy in any right. way. He wants to steal that sense of identity or make us feel like we're losing it when we come to God and God's like, surrender this to me. Let me make you like me. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, but you know, I want this sense of self. I want a sense of autonomy. I want this agency. And if I'm like you, then I'm just a robot of Jesus. And Jesus is like, first of all, I'm bigger than your understanding. So check yourself. Um, and so it's, I really like that you said that, Jay, because I think that is probably a huge thing they that stops people from praying yeah so from true. praying and surrendering and like having to talk with god to make make asking him to make you like him and another thing that i was when you were reading the um papers i was laughing at because a huge thing and a huge flaw with all these tests they're self-rated so they're super subjective yeah like it's quite comical to me <laughs> to see true. some people on like social media who like share what personality you know. they've deemed them yeah i'm right. saying people i know because i don't yeah, know i don't know the ins and outs of people's mm-hmm. character when they're just like an influencer but people that you know or have some experience with and you see them share their personality and you're like um this isn't this is your ideal self and that's very great but this is <laughs> not who you are so mm-hmm. that's this huge yes. flaw with personality tests you find are, the articles say that yeah. a lot of times people end up actually projecting their ideal self yeah. as opposed to who they really are for yeah. sure and that's something like if you take any sort of any sort of psychology courses that's like this huge thing in psychology about mm-hmm. testing and measures because a lot of things in psychology the only way, like, you can only get, you can't get um, <laughs> Objective Janelle measures. to report on my traumas or my whole experience as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I have to be the one to report it. But in that, there's this, lo- Inherent, you lose the um, um, honesty and the truth of whatever you're trying to report. Because we as humans, we have this tendency to, like, want to be better than we are. It's like a, um, mm-hmm. what's it called? Some, it's like a phallus, I forget the name of the term. But basically, like a... Um, false sense of we we try to protect project this false sense of self and we want to come across as our highest self mm-hmm. and our best self when the reality is that's not who we are mm-hmm. um so that's why it's like kind of funny to yeah. look at these things and you're like okay nice but um <laughs> all right really mm-hmm. right 
Good on you, love. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just want to reemphasize the fact that this this whole personality thing and why it's such a slippery slope is it really is holding on to or it's like embracing idolatry. I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. So true. Because just to read something here, it says idolatry is the honoring of things as ultimate that are not ultimate and which therefore reshape us after their own image. For basically anything that basically takes you away from you being the image of Christ because God creates mm. his own image mm. and he intended for us to reflect his image. That is our sole purpose. We are right. supposed to be mirrors wow. of Christ. Mm-hmm. So anything that ends up reshaping our image or taking us away from that ends up being idolatry. So when That's you hold good. on to these tests, and you might not even realize it, but like if you have just been embracing your results and not really you know, using them as an avenue for change. And you're just kind of like, this is the way I am because I'm this, this, this. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you're embracing an image that is not God. You are, now you don't even know it, but you are actually engaging in idolatry. It's so easy to fall into idolatry. We've mentioned this before Mm -hmm. for other things. Mm -hmm. But this is another avenue. So just stop it. Yeah, we're not, and also, I'm sure you know this. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you've listened for a while, you know, you should know that we're not coming like, oh my gosh, we're casting judgment on these people. Like, because, like, Jay, if it's so easy to fall into idolatry in this sense, that means that we probably also fall into idolatry. So we're not saying it like we haven't stumbled into we de- we've, we've definitely literally been there. all yeah. been in So the that's why we're sharing this. That's why we're talking with, with you about it, because it hurts us to have to see other people end up falling into this trap, not, right. not knowing that they're hindering themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, le- I like what Errol is saying. It kind of flows into what I wanted to talk about, kind of, lastly but just mentioning how like a lot of these tests are really uh, we end up taking them and projecting our ideal selves Mm -hmm. and uh other people are able to see like "Mm, that's not really how you are Mm -hmm. we're like okay we see you're projecting that like Mm -hmm. other people can see that Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. basically leads to my other thought process which is like can you even find yourself alone like can you even find identity or f- find out more about who you are um, alone. No. It's a good question. No. A lot of I people end so. up like rich, like especially I think maybe more introverts. They'd be like, oh, like I'm best by myself. Yeah. Or like I learned so much. Like I can learn all these things about myself. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who I'm I am. I'm intuitive. I'm self-reflective. I'm self-aware. Yeah. And I don't really need anyone to. Yep. But guilty. That is. Completely false. Well, I'm. I'm Yeah, go ahead. This This is so interesting to me. So, identity and relationship. Uh, The way in which we have been created really has to do with this fundamental biblical conviction that we are reflectors. We are images. We are mirrors, if you will. And so, that whole metaphor of the human being that reflects its environment, reflects its context, reflects its idols, reflects its God is absolutely core from the beginning Mm -hmm. to the end of the Bible and just of creation in general. Mm -hmm. That's good. So in the beginning, ordinarily, what we call worship, worshiping God faithfully, truly, is also a matter of our identity. That is what we are created for. That is who we are. And so it is not a matter of discovering that critical dynamic of identity. It is a matter of coming to grips with it, realizing that our identity is part of that, but part of the dynamic between ourselves and the world outside of us. And so there are lots of implications on that. And worshiping God is reflecting who he is. Mm -hmm. That's our basic purpose. Mm -hmm. It is no accident that we are not created as simply individuals, but we are always individuals in relationship. Wow. From the beginning of time. That's so true. God ended up creating Eve to be a companion. Right. And that was the beginning of all things. we all exist in the context yeah, in the of, context of community relation- yeah. and relationships. Relationships remind us that identity lies outside of us in this community. And of course, the fundamental relationship is with God. Mm-hmm. But there are obviously lots of other relationships that take place. So our truest context, and I think the mythology of the early part of the 20th century, and it still resonates to some extent in our time, is that the individual in isolation is who they really are. However, that's false. A lot of people mm-hmm. think that's what mm-hmm. And we recognize so that it's true. really a myth. We find ourselves in community. That is, we find ourselves in the reflections of the context that we are in. Love that. Rather than simply the in the privacy of our own internal introspective thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
as the saying goes, we are not who we think we are. We are not who other people think we are. We are often who we think other people think we are. We are often who we think other no. people think we are. Say it one more time. We are not who we think we are. Mm-hmm. We are not who other people think that we oh, are. Oh, I get oh, it. Yes, but we yes. are often who we think other people think that yeah. we are. Yeah, I get that. literally social thing. There is that dynamic of recognizing ourselves when we recognize others. Um. And of course, the core character in the plot in this novel of ours is God. God is personal. God is relational. We find ourselves in relationship ultimately to him. And that is the missing dynamic in our own contemporary experience of being defined by our context. Mm. We forget that the mega context, the actual context of our lives, is God. So true. All that to say that mm. for the people who think that isolation is going to be the thing to the define you, you're missing the mark. The reality is that we find ourselves in community. We learn more about ourselves by being with others. Mm. And the greatest example of that really is our relationship with Christ. Mm. Once we draw closer to him, we learn a lot more. And we can see this. We know this. Mm. God ends up showing us so much more about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we are drawn closer to him as a result of that because we're like, whoa, like. I need you. (laughs) Yeah. We're messed up. That's so so interesting. And then. So, but that ends up being a benchmark for other things. We need relationship with others. We need community with others to be able to, because we reflect off of each other. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to fully or better understand each other and one another and ourselves, and ourselves yeah. by well, surrounding ourselves with people. It's so true. That's, our minds, like on our own, will trick you up. We'll think yeah, like, oh, yes. like, I know myself. But it's like, so what true. are you basing that off of? I okay. love that. Like literally me and Ari were talking to someone yesterday and we we're just talking about like how we've how the pandemic has been a, an opportunity for growth mm-hmm. for all of us and obviously for other people as well and um obviously on your own like everyone was in isolation and there was limits to uh social gatherings and stuff so we were all measuring our own growth in isolation and mm-hmm. um, thinking like, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. we've we've changed and we've grown and we've adapted and we've healed and stuff. But the real test it's of that really healing and that growth is once you are back in, in back in community and back in relationship. Because yeah. when you're in isolation, you're your best self or maybe your worst self or, you know, it's, it's not you're an not, accurate not, it's not full measure of who you measure. are. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not an accurate measure of who you are until you're put into situations that test your character. And, mm-hmm. and you see how you you respond and what you reflect, and, what you reflect mm-hmm. and or what you are i guess hold like what what truth like like yeah anyways you can cut that out because no. i know just find your words they're lost, <laughs> they're lost. <laughs> that's interesting that you asked that question like you posed that question before reading this because when you said are you your true self in isolation? My first thing was going to what I always believed was I'm half of who I am when I'm by myself. And then you guys know the other half of me. And when I come into community, I see the full view of who I am. That's always what I've thought. Right. And I always, well, no, I'm not saying it like that, but I've always, I've always say to Gabby and Jay, I'm like, you guys actually know me better than I know myself. And sometimes having conversations with you guys, it's in those conversations that I'm able to process my thoughts and really understand myself better. And that leads you to better self-awareness and like that Mm -hmm. you're a higher emotionally intelligent person because of that. Because a lot of people, what will happen is when people are like, oh, like this is actually who you are Mm -hmm. or they'll be able to, they'll say different things about you. Their automatic reaction, and I think I've also been like, like, no, it's not who I am. I mm-hmm. know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> How are you gonna tell me? <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't line up. Like, you're wrong. That's so but funny. But if we were supposed to actually be vulnerable with people and actually take what they are saying mm-hmm. and so recognize true. that the reality is, as much as you can be in your own head. What you project to other people is half. Is like I said, half mm-hmm. of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's half of your time yeah. being like this to another person. Even if it, yeah. like, oh, I'm different in my head. Yeah, <laughs> but like, what are you doing with other people? Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Even so you're a fake half. The time. <laughs> <laughs> sense. Even so the analogy from mirrors, I love that because. Like, I don't know if you remember physics or going back to science, what you see in the mirror, you never see your full, your real self. self. You're Mm -hmm. seeing a reflection of yourself. You're just seeing like light refractory. You are seeing literally refractory light 
And images. So how can you, and you know the you only are. people that so know true. what you look like truly are the people or that are seeing you, right? In community, I've never you. seen myself. Like you know what I mean? And That's you, so you see crazy. a mirror image you see, of yourself. Exactly. It's not, it's not even, not even what accurate, you see. Like, like you know, depiction of you. It's a mirror. It's a mirrored of image. So I really love that whole analogy or the imagery of a mirror because it's like boom, like spot mm-hmm. on. And a mirror, you in in a mirror, you can never see the back of you really. Yeah, it's really hard. Huh? It is. You. It you is. Can only see so much, even with a mirror. Yeah. You still are relying on other people. To it's not until you have a second mirror in a mirror that you see the back of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why you like you really need community because that person is holding up yeah. the oh the mirror God. for you to see yourself. Wow. wow. And I, that's why wow. I also like I, I just love the whole analogy of mirrors. And I've heard people say that marriage ultimately is a mirror. Yep. And that's what they, it should be anyway. So it's so mm-hmm. interesting as well because that is one of the... Aside from your relationship with God and your family, mm-hmm. that's one of the closest sense of community. But it's also where marriage is also the epitome of what I said before, really- in the sense that like you not losing your uniqueness, mm-hmm. even though God calls you to be one. Mm-hmm. The beauty of marriage is you're still your own individual. That's true. But you're still one with as the person. One. Yeah, wow. and that's so it's like the same wow. concept with your personality and God. Like again we'll see time and time again god is the ultimate mm-hmm. benchmark and that is the reflection right mm-hmm. like, you know our relationship with god is the basis mm-hmm. and everything that happens with god should be Amen. that's not what's happened yeah should be reflected into every other relationship yeah right? yeah that's true so man oh my goodness really cool. what, were, what was that thing you read right? so that article was we never why we never find our identity inside of ourselves and it is by desiringgod.org. That's a really good um, article. We will link all of these in the show notes. Yeah. But honestly, that that whole conversation that we just had, like, coming, stemming off of that article, I think the real, the biggest, is fallacy the word? Or the deception, the biggest lie with this whole personality test craven movement is that it actually fosters, like, we think that it's, fostering self-awareness but it's actually doing the opposite of that you Mm -hmm. learn less and less about yourself or you know less and less exactly you're you're not open to learning yeah Mm -hmm. you're not you're not self-aware like you really aren't but you think you are you're like oh my gosh so much to this yeah like if someone were to tell you actually this is a little bit different than what you actually Mm -hmm. project then you would have a harder time embracing that it's It's so so true true. because it, it i think like part of it is laziness like it takes a lot of work to refine your character refine your personality so when you have it a lot of death like yeah lazy yeah the work I'm saying, like, is sacrifice yeah exactly yeah. that's what i mean because it's after that it's smooth sailing because yeah. it's the holy spirit we're lazy in the sense that like we shy away from when i say work i mean it takes a lot of what's sorry no you're right I, yeah no, you're right a lot of work and labor but it's a lot of pain. intentionality yeah intentionality pain labor and sacrifice mm-hmm. to really refine our character develop our personalities exactly versus when you do a personality test it's like oh bet like everything is already already here and all i have to do is slip myself into this cutout like you know Mm -hmm. versus no god's like i want you to take that off take take this off let's redefine the lines and the borders and don't stay stuck within the lines of what man has said yeah literally Mm -hmm. and i think that's so interesting because like there's so many people you would talk to them and they think they're so self-aware because they've done these tests and they've found their personality. But it's like... Uh, mm. <laughs> no. Not seeing it add up. It's and so interesting. It's, it's an interesting idea to take with you. I think like self-awareness is mostly found in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. Let's not That's forget profound. that. Mm-hmm. And I think the world likes to tell us otherwise. It likes yeah. to tell us You're that alone we can time. find ourselves within ourselves and we can be more self-aware by isolating or we can be more mm-hmm. self-aware by just being in our minds the reality of the situation is that we are more self-aware when we are exposing ourselves to relationships and i, I don't just mean all the like <laughs> do I, not forget the grocery relationships, store. but in, i'm saying relationships <laughs> in the context of like these are solid people right these are you know their heads they have are death, on, like a community properly mm-hmm. you know a good community a healthy community in the context of that is where you're really going to become the most self-aware and obviously with your relationship with god if you are pursuing god actively and you're being intentional about wanting to reflect him god will 100 percent show you (laughs) wow this is so enlightening too because it makes sense then why so many people who 
are searching for a community or in the absence of a community, people feel so unstable because you don't find stability until you're in a relationship. And you know, like it makes sense that you have people, first of all, it makes sense that people are desiring community because it's like, I don't know who I am without a community, but it's like, we've been taught in our society that that be by yourself. That kind of goes back to actually the beginning of the pandemic when we, we heard and saw a lot of Mm -hmm. people struggling spiritually and because they all of a sudden the community was gone. Well, mm-hmm. one, that points to the fact that your own relationship with God was not where it needed to be it's because so God's relationship should trump. Would, yeah, should trump everything else and it would stabilize you. Mm-hmm. It 100% would be able to sustain you and stabilize you and Amen. keep you from falling. Preach. But then it also shows, like Ariel said, the crucial importance of having people around us and how we can feel a little bit like off not having community. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So that is... And that is why God designed the church because He know yeah. He created us to be people that need community. But again, like I guess the pandemic was a perfect example of balance. That one, yeah. he 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 was showing lots of people, hey, you were actually idolatry. Idolizing. idolizing. Sorry. Idolizing. <laughs> idolizing. You both said idolizing. You were actually idolizing. <laughs> the the church thing, community. Yeah. And using that as your benchmark instead of me. Forgetting our first call was to be community yeah. with him. Through relationship with him. Mm-hmm. You were actually prioritizing relationship with everybody else, every John, Betty, and Sally oh, over him. Mm-hmm. But the balance also is because I think a lot of people ended up coming off of that and being like, okay, we don't need anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, you're kind of missing the mark here. God's like, no, meet me in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Not on like, the other side. It's a bit of both, yeah, we've right? always just. I feel like as humans, how we're wired and maybe not humans, our flesh, it's like we're just binary, black or white, when reality, the reality is most of life is gray. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's always hard for us to find that balance. And that's where God, like God comes to bring balance in our walk with him. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very enlightening for us. Like we, even though I had uh, lots of this in my mind, I learned a lot more as we came together. I see the beauty mm-hmm. of community because Amen. I would not have learned some of these things if I hadn't shared with them and they shared with me. So and true. look at the beauty of that. So on that the note, the beauty of community, the beauty of community, don't search for yourself or define or place yourself in a box with personality tests. Don't do it. Let's, mm-hmm. let's put that in the past. Like yeah. we're going to leave that in 2021 guys. And we're going to embrace relationship with God Mm -hmm. and with others who are sound and, you know, will help you grow and cherish community. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things. And and take and accept the challenge to be refined by God in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On that note, we hope you guys have a great day and we really encourage you to reflect and to challenge yourself. For the rest of 2021, I'm actually going to pursue my relationship with God mm-hmm. and cherish community and see what happens with your personality. Watch it. Mm-hmm. Look back. You'll, you'll notice a difference. 100% yeah. for sure. Would recommend. 10 100% guarantee. Like, no <laughs> money back. Like, Share with a friend. <laughs> yeah. You'll see a change. Okay? Bloom and grow, y'all. Bloom and grow, y'all. Until next time.